I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Eve. Hi, Kieran. I missed you. <laughs> I, I've missed you, too. It's been a long time. A lot it's of been... stuff happened. Oh, oh, gosh. But we survived, and we are here, and school is out for the summer. Yeah, and, and didn't you, like, graduate? I don't know. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, feel like I graduated. I graduated with a 4.0. Oh, like, my God. Let's, let's, I mean, like, it's an MFA program. I feel like that's not super prestigious. I feel like it's kind of a pass-fail situation. But, but... You did it. You did it. You did the thing. You finished the thing. I have over 350 pages of material to my name for this fucking memoir. That is amazing. Good job. It's not even like half the story. It's so (laughs) bad. It's so bad. So if you are an agent and you want to read it, hit me up. You can find my email on our website. That's so amazing. Yeah. It's a big relief. It's a... It feels anticlimactic because I know the book's not done, and I know that's, like, my larger goal. So I, like, feel like it's an artificial milestone of some kind, but... I don't think it's it's an artificial milestone. I I know, but that's just in my head because, you know, perfectionist, Mm. overachieving, oldest daughter kind of Perfectionist with a 4.0 and a master's. I'm not a master... Now a master of writing. Yeah, so... So take that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you finished. I finished. You also, also got a bunch of A's. Yeah, I aced everything except the class that I dropped. So that was shocking to me because my health tanked like three weeks in and the entire semester was just a fight. And I was like, there's no way I'm not failing any of this. And no, I just aced everything. So that's fine. You Apparently. have one withdraw from ballet, which you would have aced if your body had cooperated. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you got A's across the board. Exactly. So. so, yeah, guys, we're sorry we've, we've been AWOL. We've been, and as you can tell, a little bit busy with trying to finish up some stuff. Yep. And, you know, we do have a lot to show for it, but not here. So... We are we are thinking and reorganizing ourselves for the summer. We've been doing this. I guess we started planning this like a year ago. Yeah, not quite we're coming a, not quite up a year. on a year. We're coming up on a year. We know we started it in August, but we've been started planning it in June. Well, we, our first episode was actually in July. It was really? before okay. my histo because we had oh like God, two episodes right. before my histo. And then my histo happened. And then my voice dropped like three octaves between like (laughs) the episode before my histo and the episode after. Oh my God. So funny. Okay. So we kind of didn't expect this to like keep going. I don't know. Like I think we're just figuring this out as we're going. So sorry. That's that's an embarrassing behind the scenes admission. I I know you want to think that we're like superhero podcasting professionals. But um, you can think that if you want to. But. One of us I is think, also still a student. Uh, I think <laughs> I think there's also that thing where, like, both of us, because we have lived with mental health issues and familial apocalyptic theology for so long, there's the, a little bit of planning ahead is hard because yes. we don't always really realize that we're going to make it this far. Yeah. This is why I keep telling people, like, I currently don't have a job lined up for the summer or after graduation. Uh, I am 
applying for things. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to live and where, what I'm going to do next. It's probably going to involve moving. And a lot of that comes down to like, I just didn't think I'd get here. Like I just yeah. really never thought I would be here. And I, I can keep that momentum going, but it definitely takes a little bit of a minute to like sit back and recollect myself and be like, okay, I actually did make it here. I can stop panicking about yes. that. Yes. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like, I don't really know what happens after I maybe get my degree if my like classes aren't cut before I can finish my degree and like planning beyond that <laughs> is just really really hard because I'm like I don't know the planet's on fire like <laughs> it, it makes it very hard to even think about future planning we, yeah well we, we used to we grew up you know planning for the rapture and now we're planning for a climate disaster so right. you know either it's basically way, the same <laughs> planning's hard yeah. so um on that note I think what we're gonna do is we'll we'll maybe do another episode or two this month and then we'll take most of july off so we can reset and put together a season two Mm -hmm. is that does that sound good i think that's a solid plan okay and we want your suggestions we want your feedback on maybe topics you want more of or topics you want less of suggestions for completely new topics that we may not have discussed before i know there's going to be a whole lot of stuff coming down this summer with supreme court rulings and we're going to be tracking politics and the election and yeah so there's a lot of current event stuff that we're still going to be engaging with but in the meantime there are there will be other topics that we haven't sufficiently covered or whatever that you can reach out to us at is it kitchen table cult at gmail.com yep and you can tell us your thoughts we would love to hear from you yes and also the other thing that we're doing this month that we announced on our patreon is we're doing 30 and 30 so we're mm. having poems every day uh, i forgot <laughs> i haven't written any because my health crashed this week and I've been yeah, tired. Yeah, you might have been like in the hospital. Yeah, I was in the ER. It was my first like actual ER. ER. Like last year, I did go to the ER when I crashed on my bike in Seattle. But that mm. was just because like it was the only place that my insurance would cover. I couldn't go to an urgent care. I just needed like mm. my leg cleaned. Oh, yeah. But I was, like, actually in the emergency room for an emergency for eight hours on Wednesday, which was, like, the day we were and starting. And you're still in pain, and I'm shocked that you're bothering to record today. I was so bored. I needed to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yes, fair. please, give me something to do. Fair, so, fair, fair. Yeah, I haven't written any poems, but we're doing it also Yeah, so we've been doing us. this, what, for seven years now? Yeah. Okay, so, so we have this We have this group. Uh, um, we started with some other friends. It started originally as a Tumblr where we like all had access to it oh, and we were man, all posting yeah. on it. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure that account mm-hmm. still exists somewhere. Like that would be wild to go back and look. But um, and what the, the deal is, it's 30 poems in 30 days. Every day you sit down and you write a shitty first draft of a poem and has evolved into a, a space on Facebook that we have a we have a closed Facebook group and everybody is super positive and open-minded we have some like quote-unquote real poets and we have a lot of people who just love writing and are trying to like use a different medium to express themselves and so every day everybody posts a poem and there's never any like workshopping style critical feedback it's all just like good job you did it Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love this image I like this line and like 
And that's about it. It's just super low-key, positive, and I think we've got like 35 people doing it this year. That's the biggest we've ever had. Last year was like 17 or 18. Yeah. So we've been doing this for a while. It's slow growing, but like we have so many people who are excited about doing this, and there's some really good poems happening. So I know, what day are we on? Like five? Four? Four. Yeah, we're on day four. Yeah, we're on day four. So if you listen to this and you want to catch up and like join us in like a week, that's totally okay, but you have to be friends with one of us on Facebook to do that. So get creepy and stalk us. (laughs) Yeah, or you can just email us and we can add you that way yeah yeah because yeah. if it's if it's someone that i haven't heard from and just shows up i will ignore that friend request yeah so no like... actually i do too the same yeah. i do the same yeah. thing i was, I was <laughs> facetious but yes yes come find us and um write some poems this month because this is where this whole conversation started we do so much work in an analytical mindset we do so much work as thinkers and academics and like reacting and responding to things and it's easy to ignore our emotions and our bodies and both of us have been like paying the price for some of that yep um this last couple weeks and shit that happens on the internet is real and has impacts on everyday life and so switching to a different format different medium in a space where you are having to pay attention to your body and your environment and your emotions and write about it is a really nice way to like process stuff yes Actually, a lot of my, like, gender feels I processed initially through writing poetry. Oh, yeah. During I forgot about 30. that. Yeah. It's been, like, a huge source of, like, I have stuff to work through, and it comes out in shitty poems. And, you know, like, if you can't afford therapy, everybody should be in therapy. Everybody should be in therapy. It's a good way of kind of finding those big emotions and, like, circling around them and, like, kind of putting a pin in them for later like you can you just just work through it but it is a way of being like oh there's this can of worms here that's been sitting on the shelf for a while let me open it and peek at it oh god this is gonna be gross we gotta look at this with a professional but you know until then you have like the, the little peek at it in the poem exactly so come write poems come with write us. poems with us uh this is a silly episode i like i like <laughs> This is the one that we wanted to do last time we oh recorded. Oh my god. And I am very excited that we finally got here. We we have been waiting to do this for so long. <laughs> this is um gosh, the world just keeps on turning and people are terrible and I'm glad that we are like taking time to do something light and silly. Yes. So, about over a month ago in April, we asked our we asked twitter uh and our patrons i think but mostly twitter what christian music they listen to back in the kids. day and we have like a listener curated playlist on youtube and we also have our own playlists also on our youtube channel and those will be in links in the description because like i didn't know who prince was until like recently (laughs) i mean like okay so every every denomination has like a different approach to music and like theology of music there's like you've probably heard of those groups that like if the instrument wasn't mentioned in the bible they don't use it so like no piano and like only trumpet (laughs) and like um right (laughs) (laughs) Trumpet, Trumpet and, harp. and harp. That's, that's it. it. Um, and they'll do they'll do 
parts they'll sing hymns in parts and it'll be acapella heavy stuff and that's super beautiful and really gorgeous and and interesting and and technically difficult but if you grow up in that that community it's a really cool form of expression and then there are others who are like well all music's fine as long as it's honoring god and then there are others that are like all music's fine as long as it's honoring god and it doesn't have a backbeat because so right. i <sighs> I, I, I really need to do my research on the history of this. I should have done that before this episode. The conspiracy theory goes, you know, everybody's talked about, like, Beatles songs and how if you play them backwards, like, it's like... A, like satanic Yeah, it's a satanic chant or something. Yeah. I think that was started by religious leaders who were really against the whole, like, Beatles craze mm-hmm. and has become kind of the the basis of a lot of anti-rock mm-hmm. ideology in the church. I think and it's it, I feel like in a lot of the fundamentalist baptist circles is where it really like has yes. gotten its grip in. So I have be well cuz it also could lead to dancing which is also bad. Right. Well, I mean, dancing is worse than sex, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dancing is tied with all of this, and we talked about that in our dance episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so my dad, like everybody always asks why my family never did ATI. And we, we use some of the, the, if you don't know what ATI is, it's Advanced Training Institute, and it's Bill Gothard's like homeschool curriculum. But Bill Gothard was like this cult leader from the 60s who is, is still is popular and if you've like still, yeah and if you've yeah. like watched the Duggars show or heard of the Duggars they are part of that cult it's it's a whole thing and Josh Harris got all of his ideas from Bill Gothard so you know blame the source we've talked about, we've that, talked about that before but the ATI had like everything in common with the, the stuff my parents believed and so everyone I know growing up would always be like, gosh, why aren't you guys ATI? Like, I, I, you know, you guys seem like a perfect fit. And the real reason is that my father, my father grew up in, in Oakland in the 60s and 70s and was a punk rock, bo- like, bro. He played electric <laughs> guitar, like, to deal with his own mental health issues and like save his life in his own ways and that was his like that was his outlet it was electric guitar and so he was like obsessed with like oh god i've got a whole list of his his bands i jimmy hendrix in particular but like he was never gonna give up electric guitar that was like a whole thing and my he and my mom had this whole like deal where they were like we're not she was like i'm not gonna marry a guy who plays electric guitar and, like, the week that they met was, like, he sold his electric guitar to, like, pay rent or something. Like, he... he and oh, so, wow. like, while they were dating, up until they were engaged, he didn't have an electric guitar. And they never... It never came up. He just played acoustic. What? Yeah. And he played acoustic for the worship band. And then they were engaged. And, like, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to get myself a, an electric guitar again. And she's like, wait, what? You're going to what? <laughs> Oh and um, and it was like it, it was one of their th- these goofy like fights in their marriage where like he'd be like, "Well, I'll learn to square dance with you when you learn how to play electric guitar with me." And um, wow! But he always had one while I was growing up, and always played it in the worship band, and like that was his thing. And electric guitars in ATI are, you know, satanic. They go along with that mm-hmm. backbeat, those drums. You just can't do it. So bad, so evil, so wrong. And 
he just wasn't ever willing to give it up. So we never did ATI. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, bullet dodged, sort of. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, like yes and no. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I I probably wouldn't have gone to college if it hadn't been for that, actually. So maybe, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you, were you allowed to listen to music with a backbeat, as they say? Yes, sort of. So my parents had a funny relationship to music where, like, my dad grew up listening to rock and roll, like, Kiss in the 60s -hmm. and stuff. And then when he became Christian and started listening to, like, Christian radio, uh, he also started listening to country music, or maybe that was before he even became a Christian. Yeah, country music um, was my... Because... <laughs> I'll tell you about country music later. Keep, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. So, growing up, I was allowed to listen to, like, some country music and, like, very old rock and roll, mm-hmm. like, old 60s that are kind of classics, like that very long song about American Pie. Uh-huh. Fuck. I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, and... I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna help you out. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, like, I don't... I'm just enjoying, enjoying that's the, <laughs> the description for it. It's a good description for it. It's so long. It's like 10 minutes. It's like 10 minutes. I think it's maybe it's 11. So long. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, and, and like, I, I heard like the Bohemian Rhapsody, Oh, you did grow up with Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't hear Queen until, like, way yeah. late. But, like, I didn't know it was Queen. Like, I only heard that song. This like, is why that, you were gay. This it. is this is your, your this is your roots in, is, like, yeah. you, you got exposed to Queen at an early age, therefore you were queer. Yeah. And, and it was, like, one of those things that, like, came on the oldie station in the radio, and my dad was, like, having a moment with it. So, like, it didn't get censored at that time. <laughs> Uh, oh nice yeah which That's is like so great. yeah i'm pretty sure and like i had no idea like that was queen or who queen was or anything but my parents after they like became more and more conservative first we were allowed to listen to like a lot of country music uh and not even like with christian music like just country music mm-hmm. was fine and then it was we have to listen to christian music but country is okay mm-hmm. and then it was we are only listening to the Gaither Vocal Band and gospel bluegrass music and nothing else. Good, 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 good. It it was terrible. Oh my god, it was so awful. It was I cannot. It was it was the worst. It's such I, bad music. I felt it's like all I such was losing music. my mind. Anyway, oh man, Gaither Vocal Band. That's great. Yeah. Um. And it was about that time that I started exploring music for myself. Okay, how did you not get caught or slash in trouble for exploring music for yourself? So I was somehow able to have like a Walkman with like like a cassette one. Wow, you are Uh, you were not you know told that you're being totally disrespectful for like trying to have privacy and listening to things on your headphones instead of you know paying attention to the family. Yeah, like I was like I wasn't allowed to listen to it all the Mm -hmm. time. It was like when we were having quiet time or alone time or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I was magically allowed to have like my own Walkman. And then like, as I got older, I remember portable CD players. Oh yeah. I had portable CD players and I listened to like a lot of the newsboys, mm-hmm. uh, which I realized only recently 
was like the Christian spinoff of Beach Boys. <laughs> I was like, oh, there are a lot of those sense. moments that happen. So there, there's yeah. like, there's like, there's certain bands. Like, I'm, I'm gonna have to think to remember which ones. But there's certain like really famous classic bands that I can't listen to because they sound too much like the Christian version that I grew up listening to. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, turn it off. That's triggering. And, like, people are like, but this is great. And you didn't grow up with it. And I'm like, it sounds the same. Go away. Yeah. Yes. I feel like U2 has that. Like, U2, and I don't remember what the Christian version is. Like, in there. But, yeah. (laughs) Um, But U2 is like, I'm like, what? why am I listening to worship music all of a sudden? And it's not, but it's mm -hmm. weird. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of that, like, ripping off of secular stuff and repurposing it and recycling it into mm-hmm. you know a, you know a tasty christian package so country music i yes. <laughs> so for the longest time we were only allowed to listen to classical music or christian music the end mm. and my dad was super picky about his christian music like he wouldn't listen to newsboys because they're not good music in his mind like he's got really (laughs) weird tastes so he's like not only like he's a pretty good musician but he's like a very picky musician who is like such a hipster indie dude in his eclectic music Mm -hmm. tastes and so he just imposed that on all of us and it was super Uh. funny and, but, like, but within the parameters of Christian music only or classical music only. So, and occasionally, actually, some blues guitar, which mm-hmm. was more for him, his educational purposes than for, like, actual recreational listening. But when we were in Virginia, I was listening to the radio. I, so, I would, this is how I would sneak music is I would listen to the radio, like, in my room. Yep. And, like, turn it off That was the fast. best way. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, like, having to confess to mom at one point, like, wow, I listened to, like, this secular radio station because, like, this homeschool family drove us home that one day and being, you know, given a lecture about it. So I I knew it was bad and I knew I was sneaky. And I was listening to a country radio station in Richmond and they kept talking about how, like, they were you know, their little, like, ad tagline was, like, family-friendly fun or something like that. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I could spin this. And I was like, so, Dad, you know, I think I want to listen to country music. And Dad's like, oh, country music. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but, like, you have, you know, it's, it's like, it's really good storytelling. And he's like, no, oh, you're not wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, like, this one station has, like, the family-friendly songs. So it's not any of, like, the sex and drinking songs. I mean, it was also sex and drinking. It was, yeah. But it was mostly, it was mostly, like, she's riding her tractor kind of songs. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Mr. Mom had just come out. And it was, like, 2005. Oh, my God, I remember that. Right? So it was, uh, like, all of yeah. these, like, cutesy, like, you know, family-style vignettes. And I, I, I did this because I remember when we were living in California, I remember watching the MTV music video at our neighbor's house for Goodbye Earl with the Dixie Chicks. Scandalous. Right. Well, I mean, I... I Going sh- nobody, straight to hell no, for that. Nobody knew. But that was, <laughs> that was my first introduction to secular music was Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again, and Goodbye Earl. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Earl. It was incredible. And so I was, like, hoping to find more things like that, which, of course, you know, I had no idea the politics and, like, why the Dixie Chicks fell out of favor and all that stuff because, you know, so isolated. But I was trying to replace, find, like, that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I listen to enough country music, I'll eventually find, like, a band or a singer or somebody I like who, like, hits these 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 notes if you will mm-hmm. and so my parents finally let me start listening to country music whenever i was in the car or whatever because they were like ah, it's a you know it's, it's family style it's fun we we're also friends mm-hmm. with like a big military family that lived around the corner and they oh, you yeah. know we're all into country music so like yep. they kind of helped nudge that yeah. along but that was uh, that was my like my little like wedge moment where i like cracked open the door to secular music in the house and now anybody can listen to anything as long as mom doesn't like get bored of or hate it yeah yeah i had parameters where i could so after itunes came out and like the first first ipod shuffle yeah that that changed my relationship to music because suddenly i didn't have to like buy it at the christian bookstore right i could buy it on my own on my computer and so my parents were like, okay, but you can only listen to, like, godly things, like country music <laughs> or Christian music. But they didn't say which kind of Christian music. And around that time, there was the sort of more rock, alt, indie, electronica, emo, angry, angsty music coming out. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I like, yeah, we did this around the same time. I mean, yeah. my friend Ren came over and they brought they brought the new Switchfoot album. Oh, my God. And they're like, yes, you're going to like this. And my parents were like, uh, and my dad was like, you know, actually, I kind of dig it. The electric guitar and this is kind of good. And I was uh-huh. like, yes, score. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment when, like, things started becoming more accessible. I, I got yeah. it given... Katie Murray and Jake actually collectively bought me uh, an iPod Shuffle, not an iPod Shuffle, like an iPod Mini. Oh, nice. Freshman year of college. Ah. Yeah, and then also one of the things that happened with at college is they every every student got a free Napster account, and that was before you know Napster. Oh my god! But Napster, Napster, Napster and Groove Shark meant that I could listen to anything. Yes. It was so good. Yeah. So what did you wind up listening to while growing up that your parents knew of and also that they didn't? So, okay, so there's, like, some of the stuff that my dad loved that I, you know, really got into. Um, there were these, see, my dad was really into Stephen Curtis Chapman. My dad was really into, or like, old Stephen Curtis Chapman, yes. not, like... He didn't like it when he got more poppy. He liked it when he was more acoustic. Like the great acoustic, yeah. So the Great Adventure, like, was a an album that he would always play. Like when we'd do like a day trip to the beach, mm-hmm. he would wake us up playing that song with like "Saddle Up Your Horses," like as the first. <laughs> like he would like blast that as loud as he could to wake us up. Be like, you know, we're going to the beach. Like that was his deal. <laughs> and then, let's see, we he also really liked these like kind of poppy altos which my mom always like found very insulting because she's a soprano she always took it very personally that he was so into these Mm. acoustic pop altos so carolyn aarons and jennifer knapp and out of the gray were like some of his favorites 
And I really liked Carolyn Aarons, too. Um, she's this Canadian Christian musician. Has a pretty good sense of humor. And then Jennifer Knapp is, like, total, total, like, lesbian root in my universe. <laughs> like Yes. Those, that, like, that album, like, you know, Martyrs and Thieves and all of that, like, it's just, like... Yes, I get it. And, like, I didn't even know what I was getting, but, like, I got it. So Jennifer Knapp was a big deal. And and then my dad got Sarah Grove's album, Conversations. And he didn't like it so much, but I got really, really into her. And so that was another one that, like, I, I listened to Sarah Grove's, like, every album of hers all the way through college and everything. She was, like, the first concert that I went to for me was a Sarah Groves concert. I've gone to m- multiple of them. Nice. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. <laughs> but um, let's see what else. Back when I was living in California, Jackie Velasquez was super popular. Oh, yeah. And so a girls in my homeschool group would be like choreographing dances mm-hmm. to Un Legado Celestial. And yeah, so Jackie Velasquez, big deal. Also like kind of sad she like disappeared from the scene because like, her stuff is still really good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what happened to her. Yeah, I I think yeah, I don't I don't know. It's a whole thing. Um and then let's see. We so there was this um like some couple of summers where our church like participated in a couple of like citywide revivals if you will. Mhm. And so some of the ones that some of the seminal like songs that were played at those would be like some music by Carmen and then um Audio Adrenaline's Big House was oh, like yeah. so popular so I listened to that like many many times just not of my own volition but just like was exposed to that so much mm-hmm. and then DC Talks early stuff like right then yeah you know all big deal yep yeah and then when I started like branching out on my own it was Switchfoot and it was Reliant K and and my emo go to music like was a bit, my my dad's favorite musician Bob Bennett, um, who's this acoustic guitarist, and he like, you know, he got divorced at the same time as Amy Grant, but he didn't get canceled. Of course, um, of course, right? Because he's a man. Yeah. And but he wrote all of this like super sad sack single dad kind of songs. <laughs> That for whatever reason, that was like my go to, like, I feel sad and, and alone. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm going to play Bob Bennett. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of stuff from him. And he's a, he's a very good guitarist. But yeah, that was like <laughs> stuff I would really go to gravitate toward. I listened to, uh-huh. well, my parents were really into, uh, Casting Crowns and oh man, my dad did not think they were good musicians. <laughs> Third Day, my dad loved Third Day. Oh my god, my dad loved yeah. Third Day so much. Mm-hmm. And like basically, like all of my dad really liked the Christian bands that reminded him of bands from like the '60s that he listened to, and also right. like reminded him of country music. Uh, Audio Adrenaline, Jars of Clay, DC Talk. Those were all like fine and good and allowed. And yeah, like they they were pretty fine with all of those. Also, Stephen Curtis Chapman and mm. the Newsboys. There's this other dude, Chris. There's so many Chris's. <laughs> which Chris? <laughs> I know. Like I can't. Good Chris, I can't bad Chris, middle of the road Chris. Chris. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was like he was pretty mediocre. Like, but anyway, one of the many Christian artists named Chris, my dad was a fan of. <laughs> we had a bunch of his albums. <laughs> and 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 also they were really 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 fucking into Gaither vocal band and they also liked Ricky Skaggs. And that name is like vaguely familiar, but I don't know. Yeah, it's like like Johnny Cash, but very religious. Oh. oh, speaking of, Bob Dylan, but very religious. Keith Green. Super yes. into Keith Green. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I need to add Keith Green to our playlist. I think, actually, maybe yeah. I think I did. Keith Green. Jeez, Keith Green. <laughs> he has got some of the best condemnatory songs. Like, he just fucking preaches. Like, I would li- still listen to Keith Green. <laughs> Yeah. Because he's like, hey, church, you're a fucking hypocrite. Get it together. Jesus would have loved these people. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was wild. Yeah. And then when I started discovering music, the first band that I really kind of like discovered on my own and really gravitated towards and was like, I need to get their CD was Reliant K. Mm -hmm. And they played Getting Into You on the Radio, which is like their only mild song which I didn't realize and I was so excited when I like heard the rest of the album mm-hmm. and it was very it was it was all new sounding to me cuz up until that point it'd been basically Gaither vocal band and country music <laughs> uh, and I was I was like wow there's like more instruments than a banjo and a guitar mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and then I I discovered May and Amberlynn. Oh my god, you got me into May and Amberlynn. I didn't really like dig Amberlynn so much, but I liked May a lot, and that was yeah. your, that was entirely your fault. Yeah, Amberlynn is like they're still my like when I am very emo and sad feeling, <laughs> and I just need to like listen to something. I will listen to Amberlynn, and I will usually start with Alexithemia. And wasn't one of those your your wedding song or something? Oh, I don't. I didn't have Anne Berlin in my wedding. No, May. I thought you had May. Oh, in your May. I did. I did have one of May's in my wedding. <laughs> I think it was one of their happier songs. May was also one of my sad songs. May was also my ex spouse introduced me to May, mm. and oh, that explains changed my world. I was like, whoa, there's like so much. It was my first introduction to like music that had an electronic aspect to it. Yeah. And I was so here for it. Yeah, that was a th- that was one of the things that my dad was like adamantly against. And so much of my this whole conversation is me being like my dad's personal preferences, not about any sort of religious stuff, but my right. dad was like he was he was like not into women using makeup, mm-hmm. not into women dyeing their hair, and I and like in the same Breath would also be like, and no, like, fake electronic auto-tune bullshit. Like, he, like, he thought all of those things were, like, cheating at authenticity somehow. Sure. Sure, Dad. No. Sure. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, he, he, I guess he, like, thought you didn't have to have talent to do that, which is, like, now that I've, like, actually listened to a whole bunch of, like, uh, EDM and all, I just, like, whoa, yeah, no, there's some real, there's some real talent here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know how to use the instruments that they use. I'm like, I don't even know what how that works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so I got into like a lot of sort of like alternative indie kind of Christian, but like on that fine line between Christian and secular, like Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because did Switchfoot like, Switchfoot did like hit charts on secular stations at some point, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and they got like secular radio play and that was a whole thing where people were like, Should we be listening to them if they're not like explicitly only on Christian like Right, music right. Because uh, they're selling out to the seculars. Yeah. That was what made Anne Berlin and May so edgy too, is because they like <laughs> they were Christian but they weren't like explicitly out loudly Christian. Yeah, that was the cool that was the cool way to like incorporate it was like to make sure it wasn't like explicitly Christian so that you could like pretend to be worldly and cool without actually ever committing to being like a sinner. Right. Um you know, just an aside, like I'm realizing we're in Pride season right now. Happy Pride. Yay. And the <laughs> the whole way like people have been joking about this like straight pride bullshit. The way queers talk about the straights is how Christians talk about the seculars. Yes. That is so <laughs> true. Oh my it's god. It's the same. It's the same level of like boredom and degradation. Yes. Yeah. And this is this is why secular music was like a bad thing because it's right. like not as like authentic or real. Yeah, or as, pure you know. or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, total 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 like brain fart there, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what were some of the albums that you listened to that were like big and I don't know helped you through stuff Christian ones yeah when you were listening to Christian music gosh so Sarah Groves add to the beauty and fireflies and songs were two really huge moments in my life one was like figuring out myself and my faith independently of my church and my family that was add to the beauty and Katie Marie and I bonded over that that album really heavily and then, then Fireflies and Songs, one of my, 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 like the first dance for my wedding was on that album. And that album like was like, pretty seminal for me trying to figure out like what it means to like be partnered with someone and love someone and like, and like realizing that like maybe this is, <laughs> maybe this relationship's kind of toxic. Mm-hmm. So those were, that was big. And then Bob Bennett's The View From Here was also big in that same way. And, you know, I got really into <laughs> um, what my, my high school friend Becca called epic monk pop, <laughs> which was uh, John Michael Talbot had this whole album that was like the creed, like taking the, I guess the Nicene Creed, because he, he's Catholic, he's a, he's a monk, um, and like setting it to like these like really sweeping like cinematic orchestral settings and so i listened to that a lot and like my ex-husband really hated it because my ex-husband's like a musician and a composer and he's like this is bad this doesn't have like this doesn't develop this doesn't like you know this like this theme doesn't change Mm -hmm. at all like there's no there's no progression and i was like i don't care i have feelings (laughs) but the other i got super into broadway actually as like another another bridge moment of you know something that's safe but Mm -hmm. like isn't strictly christian so um godspell actually was a really really big album for me in my brain like the original like 70s cast recording and then wicked also yeah wicked was mine wicked was a big one 
And that was, like, mostly just, like, trying to figure out, like, because that was that was a point where I was, like, realizing that, like, you – there's some things sometimes you can't do anything to, like, be good enough. Yep. And you're going to have to end up being the bad guy in somebody else's story. Yep. And so relating to Alphaba through all of that was really, like, validating. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I, I – I don't know. Um, those are the ones that really stick out. Oh, and then Jars of Clay, Good Monsters was also another big one. And Who We Are Instead mm-hmm. was also another big one. That was high school and college. What about you? Uh, Reliant K's mm-hmm, got me through a lot of like angst uh, at home. And uh, Five Score... Can I just say something real yeah. fast? For for years and years and years and years, I confused that that track with Mbop by Hanson. <laughs> I like didn't realize that they were different things until like a huge Hanson fan who was this photographer I worked with who like did it, my first ever boudoir shoot for me. She's like a, obsessed with Hanson, and she like corrected me very like <laughs> gently, being like, "No, no, these are not the same thing." That's amazing. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So five score and seven years ago was basically like the album that encapsulated my entire courtship. It was <laughs> so weird because like the whole thing is like it's a story of these people in love and and like mm. all of the shit that they go through and all the things that they would do for each other. And and like my courtship felt like a a microcosm is the wrong word, but like it, it felt like that. It was just like entirely described by this album, and I've clung to that for like dear life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, "Never Take Friendship Personal" by Anne Berlin was when I was dealing with my parents breaking us up and mm-hmm. like waiting out those last like six months until I could leave. <laughs> I was just like. Mm-hmm. Very into Anne Berlin and also Red, yeah, r- r- which was back- like Christian oh, screamo Red. band. Oh my god, I forgot Red. Yeah, Red was a good one. I remember during that phase. This is when like you and I first had our first phone call ever, because like yeah. it was around the time when you guys got broken up, and I was like, "You're not okay," because I kept remembering back when you had away messages on. Oh on my G-chat. god! Yes, like it was always Amberlyn, like emo stuff and I was just like I should give them a call yeah this is not okay and you were like I'm not allowed to call anyone and I'm like can you find a way to sneak it and you did yes yes <laughs> I was I was really good at sneaking things I mean we had to be yeah but yeah I remember I remember that because I remember watching your away messages change and change and change yeah man yeah it was great because like because it was song lyrics my parents didn't know that I was actually communicating with people. Right. So it was, right. it was really our it. parents are not digital natives who grew up with no, AIM no, or GChat. And no. they had no idea. No, like they could see my away message and they were like, oh, cool. It's a song. So one, my parents didn't have any of these tools. Two, I also got, um, had like a, it was like a five month, six month period where I also wasn't allowed to talk to my, my ex-husband when we were not courting. Mm-hmm. And, and we had class together. 
We had class together while we were doing this. We had class together twice a week, and we had assigned seats, and we had to sit next to each other oh my and not God. talk to each other. It was awful. But we were also communicating with song song yep. titles yep. for a little bit there. Yep. It's that like, was a thing. It's like the Christian homeschool kids code. Like, you just <laughs> you just have to know the song titles, and you can, well, you know. And also, like, people would do that on Zanga, too. Do you remember you could oh, embed yeah. music on Zanga? Yeah. And so people would, like, create playlists on Zanga. That would autoplay when you loaded up their page. And so you could, like, basically have, like, a subtext diary for, like, where mm-hmm. this person was at, despite, like, all the shiny, pretty, happy stuff they were saying on their, yep. like, actual posts. Yeah. So much wow. information. We got really good at communicating. <laughs> maybe maybe that should be our, our poetry prompt for today. Only using <laughs> song yes. titles from high school. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that you know, music music on on multiple levels really like kept us sane and grounded. Yeah. Not just not just like the emotional emotional release of listening to these things, but also like seriously giving us giving us tools that um our parents couldn't see through. Yep. To yeah. communicate. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, and I think that's why music is still such a huge part of my life. Where like, mm-hmm. I I make playlists by season, and like I'm always listening to something. Okay, Pisces. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't. Um, music is still very hard for me, but like that has a lot of layers with like my my father and my ex husband both being serious musicians yeah. and having it belong to other people, not to me. Mm-hmm. But I still like. I, I get into like ruts I'll play like one or two albums over and over and over and over again for an entire season and that just makes me really happy and I've I've accepted that that like drove everybody crazy but like now I live alone and nobody can tell me what to do <laughs> yes and like it's whatever works for you so so what do you listen to now that like makes you happy uh surprisingly a lot of things with like similar sounds to may and reliant k Mm -hmm. and Anne berlin but not at Mm -hmm. all christian uh right now i'm really enjoying neon trees and two-door cinema club and passion pit and who else do i have on my playlist right now Yeah, my, I guess like, if, if someone followed you on Spotify, they would figure it out really quickly. Well, all of it is on Google Play, but it is public. Yeah, mm. I have a lot of Neon Trees, The Mowgli's, Walk the Moon, Group Love. Ooh, I rediscovered uh, Kate Nash and Lily Allen recently. Mm, good stuff, yeah. And Imagine Dragons, so yeah, like very indie, alt-rock-ish, electronic. I kind of, I'm kind of like all over the place with like... I'll, I'll, I basically do hyper focus with music, so I will listen to like one genre or one sound, and then I'll completely switch it up. So I've been listening to like this spring. I was listening to like Nico Case's new album, like <sighs> constantly. Nice. Such a good album, and then Lizzo's new album as well. And gosh, I, I listened to over the fall a lot of Yola Tango, their new album, and like Beach House. And right now, this, like, week, I've been playing Carly Rae Jepsen's new album, like, 
that's the thing that got me through finishing my thesis. Nice. <laughs> like, it's not just this week. It's been this month. It's just, yeah. like, like anytime I had to, like, hit a writing deadline, I would just, like, put that new album on and just, like, hit go and, like, yep. turn everything else off. It was so good. But I, I, I listen to a lot of different stuff. But And some of it's, like, really obscure and some of it's really pop and I mm-hmm. just don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, like, just a wide variety of things that I listen to and like mm-hmm. it's good I enjoy it people tell me I have good taste in music I'm I'm the one who's asked to put music on for parties now so I'm I'm happy nice, nice. <laughs> I'm happy yeah, with no, myself people don't, people don't I mean I can do that but people don't ask me to do that I more enjoy like listening to what other people enjoy and like seeing that as like a reflection of them as and that yeah and like understanding them oh I have to say confess one other thing that I've been listening to on repeat non-stop La Traviata the opera like wow! I like I told you it's like I have like really weird tastes, but like and it's it's like hyper focus in a lot of different directions when it happens. That's cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So, listeners, you can add music to the Christian music playlist, mm-hmm. and we have one that is open that everyone can just add. It became huge. It was great. <laughs> so continue to add to that if you want. And let us know what you're listening to now because that would be interesting. I also and think I'd it would like be really know. fun to like create a like trigger warning playlist where it's like all of those secular bands that sound exactly like the Christian bands that oh we my God, listening yes. to. Like that should be a thing that we do too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, like to avoid yes. if you want to know. <laughs> well, this this is the Christian doppelganger. <laughs> the secular doppelganger that's what it'll be called it'll be called the doppelganger playlist doppelganger playlist got yeah. it yeah, all right so good. that'll happen watch for that all right rush for that thanks for joining us guys do send us your your list of ideas for your topics as we prepare for season two and thank you so much for sticking with us for this wild ride of a year yes uh, you can follow us and help support the podcast in our season two thing that we do on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. And you can also that also has information about the 30 and 30 poetry thing that mm-hmm. we're doing. So go head over there. Look at that. Let us know if you want to be involved. Yep, and there's other ways you can support us that are free that don't involve, you know, giving money over to us at Patreon. You can take a couple of minutes to rate us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you're listening, and then share a link to our show with your friends or family or on your social media accounts. Our music is by The Heavens from their album Stenazzo. And as always, you can find us on our website, kitchentablecult.com. Send us an email there. And thanks for supporting us as we destroy the fucking patriarchy. <laughs> Smash the patriarchy. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.